0: Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's New Stand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is August 7th, 2022. Hopefully, you've had a good week. Uh sorry, I missed you. I took a day off. I guess you could say from podcasting, which feels weird because I've been doing this, I think, for about like a year and some change at least, and I really haven't taken a day off. Kind of just realized that on Saturday, I was chilling. Um actually we can just go through my week. So uh let's work it backwards. A little Tarantino action maybe a little change up the scenes. So Friday or not Friday, it's Saturday, I went to my friend's uh kids' birthday party. Happy birthday Josh. Actually it's his official birthday today. Uh, but we hung out, shot the shit, put my feet in a pool, real kickback, real fun stuff. Uh, so had a good day there, had a fun time, wound up eating some La Rosa's, so I guess you can say that's the food corner, definitely the best i best thing I ate, I've ate i eaten all week. Oh, we ordered a lot of food. Uh, I got some hot wings, so like, you know, this is some bone-in buffalo wings with some blue cheese, I was craving that. Also, also for the record too, I'm team drums, just... Just so we're all clear. Don't get me wrong, I'll eat flats, but I uh, I prefer the drum. I'm a drum guy. I'm a drummer boy. Um, then we, I also then got, I believe what it's called, the Buddy Deluxe. I think it was like either sausage or pepperoni. And then it had uh, banana peppers and uh, maybe like bacon or something. And then the main pizza that we were all kind of splitting was, I believe, the Meat Deluxe. And it was just like a lot of meat. And I'm down with that. Then we also had, as an appetizer, some, like, garlic fries or something like that. And it had, like, cheese and bacon. It was wild. It was good. It was mm, yum, 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 yum. And then mozzarella sticks. So we really chowed down. It was fun. Also, uh, I think a new thing. Well, it's not new, but something I'm maybe discovering about myself. It's so funny. So, ha, ha, he, he, kiki. Everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people have beef with my little plates that I post on my my little Facebook story. Because I'll, I'll post everything I, I eat. Well, not everything, but like a lot of stuff I eat during the week. Uh, maybe before this, I guess is another thing I ate was I had a waffle. And then I had chicken poppers, like popcorn chicken. I had a salad, which I put chicken and bacon in. Then I also had a side of bacon and was there anything else on the plate it's possible I'm pretty sure that was what I ate and I got a lot of feedback about it you were like oh he's on another one." uh. Oh, 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 your food always stresses me out Isaiah I, I don't know I'm sorry guys but I can't stop and I won't stop I love eating this weird shit sometimes I just want this that and a third and so I just make it happen what can I say uh but other than that not too much in my week. You know, a little bit of sweet, a little bit of sour. You know, that's that's how it is. Work is picking up a little bit. I wouldn't say it's like peak time or anything like that, but we're getting some, some OT, OT. Also, one last food thing for getting some news. I realize I'm not an apple fritter guy. Like, and if I have to eat an apple fritter, then I, I want it to actually be kind of fake. Like, I don't really want it to have the apple chunks and stuff in it. Because I got one because our job will do, if you come in on Saturday or whatever, you get a little little donut action. So I always have, I've gotten myself into this habit of wanting to get the long bow tie ones. And maybe this is just me being a little greedy fat kid. I I just want big, want big. So I, I wanted that and I wanted the cinnamon roll. So that's my classic. And someone had just nabbed the cinder roll right in front of me. I was like, oh, no, I was too slow. I hesitated. Oh, no. So I, I, I immediately went for impulse greed and just got the next big thing I could get, which was an apple fritter. And I'm like, I know I'm not going to like this. It was all dark, too. Not that that's a problem. I don't care. But the glaze part is nice. So I was like, oh, I'll eat it. It's fine. And I just keep munching on it, trying to finish it, and I just don't want it. And i want to be like half of it and just throwing it away. Because I just don't like It's all chunky little bits in there. And I don't know. The taste usually just kind of is not my favorite thing. But uh, I did make it up, and I got a blueberry donut. It was a small, little small boy. And uh, I munched that on my way out. So, you know, had to get mine, okay, okay, okay. But we can get into some news, getting into some stuff that I missed. Uh, granted, uh, there's definitely going to be some stuff on the cutting room floor. I don't think I'm going to do a Leftovers episode. This is just going to be what it is. But we can get into some of the highlights and, you know, break it down a little bit. Uh, for starters, do you know we usually do the Ukraine stuff, so there's some developments there. Uh, but with Russia, um, the first story we got is from ABC News. Brittany Griner found guilty in Russian drug trial, sentenced to nine years in prison. So I'm not really going to get into the guts of this article, just more or less just a quick summary. So far, Brittany Griner has now officially been sentenced to nine and a half years. You know, she had pled guilty, said, hey, I didn't intend to break any laws, at least Russian law specifically, because she does have a medicinal thing, a medicinal, uh, Like, she has a reason to carry it, or to reason to have it. But this has all been to expedite the whole process. I do believe—it's not in this article, but I do believe that it has come out on the Russian side, uh, like, from the Kremlin, that they are ready to negotiate now. It seems like they were really just waiting for it to be official and just kind of keeping a facade up. And and they still are. More or less, Lavrov has said, like, yeah, we're talking now, but not, like, we're really— you know getting into it and he tries to like kind of throw it a little bit like well america's not really doing this or that and then kind of leaves it and then blinken's kind of doing the the same so this dance is just i guess what is going to happen hopefully the deal for brittany griner paul Whelan, and victor boot will you know go through without any kind of hitch and brittany griner can come home uh, the article has some quotes from Biden, yada, 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 this stuff. But I, I assume that as this continues, we're going to hopefully see more news and hopefully this will kind of go quickly. So I don't want to like dwell on it too much. Cause we, and that's like I said, it's a good thing that now this is getting coverage because I know in the beginning it definitely felt like it wasn't like, you know, she's been through this whole ordeal for the past five months. But I want to say two of it was kind of sort of silent, you know, at least one for sure because we weren't necessarily dealing with the invasion from russia and then next thing you know we you know we are and then we find out oh she's been in prison for like a month so moving back on to russia or to ukraine though we got this from the bbc news uh zaborizia real risk of nuclear disaster in ukraine watchdog so once again just doing a little quick you know dropping this on ya. you know feel free to look up the article look up the situation but essentially a nuclear plant in zaporizhia which we've covered before it was overtaken by russia uh it was a whole ordeal because in the midst of them taking it over there was obviously gunfire there was essentially i believe a fire that had broken out from that or like a like either like um what is it arms hit you know parts of the nuclear facility luckily there was no mat like internal massive damage or anything like that radiation was good everything was in check now an update you know post that um it looks like there was some kind of artillery fire or missile strike that took out like some high voltage wires which potentially could lead to a you know a situation in any kind of situation at a nuclear facility that is like the biggest nuclear facility like in the world or one of them i believe that's not good that's not what you want to hear it's not what you want to see now as a who did what it's not really been confirmed both sides are kind of blaming the other um russia is saying like they've been attacked you know defending this area holding this area down as from Ukraine side, they're saying, well, both you know sides are firing missiles, you know Russia is firing missiles out of this area, not necessarily from the nuclear plant but from the area. And they're also using the nuclear plant as a sort of shield to kind of like keep people or keep Ukrainian or forces out. So it's a pickle. it's not good. Also a little bit of, I guess you could say, a tangent. I don't have a link or anything for it, but some leftovers I missed i want to say this took place maybe like two three weeks ago but there was a bombing of a prison that had um ukrainian like soldiers and stuff in it and it was like just a really bad scene a lot of deaths and stuff like that but it is believed that russia had moved captured was Azov battalion troops like, they had gotten, like, from Mariupol, you know, throughout this whole kind of, you know, invasion. And they had moved them there, and then that strike happened. And so, you know, it, it you know once again, it was, they did it. No, they did it uh, from both sides. Um, so it's not confirmed what happened. But just definitely, that was something that kind of came up and got lost in me on the weeds. But I kind of wanted to mention it there. Let's see. in some U.S. international news got was from cnn politics u.s kills al-qaeda uh, leader ayman al-zawari in drone strike in afghanistan so this was i guess a, a thing in the making an operation in the making uh biden uh, now who has just gotten out of his second stint of isolation in covid while he was in isolation though he okayed a or greenlit a drone strike On Al zawari while he was on his balcony, he is a or he was a 71 year old, um, you know, Al Qaeda leader. He at one point was Bin Laden's personal physician. They more or less teamed up, and they you know were the main architects for you know, sitting of 9 11. Also, I believe he was involved in other bombings and things of that nature like just masterminding them, you know, taking the credit. Um, he had, you know, more or less made a lot of speeches and things of that nature to, you know, really rally people to fight against America, against other Western forces and, you know, things of that nature. Any any kind of, like, quote-unquote, infidel that they, you know, believed that were against what they believed in. So this was, I guess, like a long time coming, But he was in hiding, and then after troops left Afghanistan, he moved into a richer neighborhood. But, I mean, it was more or less just like, there's not, it's not a well-populated area because no one really has money. And it was just his family and him, and they were just watching his routine, keeping up with him. And when he was on his balcony, just hanging out by himself, they took him out. And that was more or less that um there's definitely like you know more details this article has i mean don't get me wrong too this is a whole long history that's very intricate and it's not i mean don't get me wrong these guys are definitely the bad guys there's no ifs ands or buts about that but in terms of like what does this do what does this change in my opinion nothing it 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 doesn't also give anyone any relief like you know like cool you got the number one and number two guys but it still doesn't explain or justify why these you know saudi arabian people just went and did this operation and yet we wound up in afghanistan like that's that doesn't correlate doesn't make sense yet there's just been no you know justice has been no honest you know like saying hey we're pointing the finger at these guys and this, this wasn't right this wasn't okay and you know i guess money talks oil talks a lot but, um, you know, I don't know. Once again, speaking of getting in the weeds, I don't want to get there here. So we're going to keep it moving. Uh, let's see. I got this from the Associated Press, AP News. We love them. I guess we do. I don't know. I, that's It's one of my favorites. I, I never really feel like I feel the slant, like where they're biasing this or that or the third. Usually I, I like it. That and Reuters are kind of like my, my top two, I'd say. But uh, China cuts off Vital... U.S. contacts over Pelosi Taiwan visit. I'm actually going to take a little break early here. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Oh, yeah. Milwaukee's best, baby. Okay. <coughs> mm. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Pelosi, uh, Nancy Pelosi, House Leader. Essentially, she is more or less on the end of her, you know, her career. Not in like a, oh yeah she's she's done sweetie or whatever. It's just it, it just makes sense, you know it's adding up and, you know, she's ready to, you know, at the end of her term, whether whatever happens, it's probably just going to be a wrap. But I guess this is kind of a thing. And like, when you're a politician, diplomat, whatever the fuck, you know, you're in this high up thing in Congress, you have the, if you have the chance and the opportunity to kind of make international ties and you know, do a lot of glad handing and stuff like that, it can just help and it, it keeps you in the political conversation in a global way. And that's a good thing. I guess people really want that and want to use time on that. I mean, I guess Pelosi has the money for it and now she's making the time. So she had said, hey, I want to go to Taiwan. I'm going to, I'm going to hit a bunch of areas, you know, I'm going to hit some areas in the, um... Ooh, excuse me. Sorry, guys. to did the end of the my... mic. Ooh. Uh, I want to hit some, you know, Asian, you know, countries. Say hi, do some, you know, diplomatic stuff. It'll be good. It'll be nice. And most of those those were okay, but Taiwan was like, no, that's a big no no. Please don't do that. We've, you know, it's something that we've covered before on the podcast. Taiwan wants to be independent. They are claiming their independence. They are, you know, democratic, you know, independent country. But China has a different take on that they are we are one china and you are an island that is off of us and we are you are part of us like we are we have a cultural bond history you are us we are the same and they have done a lot to ensure that you know with everything up to violence they don't want to do that like we're just telling you though you are a part of us that's not something we're willing to negotiate and Taiwan's like i don't think so though i think we're kind of our own thing we want to work with America our own way, and you know, of course, for America, that's perfect. That's what we want. <laughs> we want that, but we also know that China is a very much a parallel to us. They are a are to us. Uh, you are, honestly, in a lot of ways, they might they are probably very much ahead of us. That's a conversation I feel like we don't really like to talk about in the Imperial Corps, like. You know, we don't see it. We don't feel it. We feel like we're the best. We're doing the best. But I just, I don't feel like we have the focus. I I don't feel like we really do. I I also think it's funny because, like, once again, I was kind of, I said it earlier, but talking about, like, the slant or whatever, whenever I listen to any kind of Western news, press, whatever, if you listen long enough, you can see that there is a narrative that is being pushed on a lot of these major issues, especially, and... I do feel like when it comes to China where I'm listening to the BBC stuff or I'm listening to Start Here, whatever, it's always like, yeah, like China's really trying to do their thing. But, you know, are they us, though? Like, and it's like, what? Like, honestly, China is doing their own thing, period. Like, they are a superpower. Like, we are a superpower. But, like, at the end of the day, us trying to meddle in their affairs is always going to look weird and feel weird and usually have a ramification or a con like a consequence but that's just going to happen so biden administration is saying hey please don't go pelosi we would like you not to do that we're worried about that it's going to have you know potential ramifications but we can't stop you from doing it um biden went out of his way to make sure to say like look i the executive branch cannot tell the Legislative branch, what to do. Like, I I can't meddle with that. I can't stop that. Uh, But I just, you know, just please don't do it. Like, he kind of made that, like, that was more or less the longshore of that. And Pelosi's like, I'm going to do it. (laughs) So she went on her tour, you know, and China was like, if you do this, there are going to be consequences. Like, we do not want Pelosi to go to Taiwan. Like, no, don't go. And you know, she, she did the tour and then she lands in Taiwan, you know, she meets the president, other diplomats, uh, also, oh, who, was it Tai Xing Wen is the president, or no, that's the president of the Republic of China, my bad, but, um, whoops, let's see, president of China, okay, China, Taiwan, okay, gotcha, gotcha we're living and learning in the moment right here so sorry about the pause but yeah so she is the Chinese Taiwan president which which kind of goes to show that this is kind of complicated no because you know Xi Jinping is more or less the president or the leader communist leader of China and once again under the one China thing it's just Xi like and also, this coalesces with, I guess, the a party, like, thing that's coming up, um, which we've also kind of talked about, too, like, where Xi Jinping is really, like, it's, like, his moment. And he's really moving into the kind of stage of it where it's, like, look, I am a pivotal part of this. Like, I am important. Like, this is more – it's, like, more than music. Like, it's more than the party. It's more than what we usually would do. Like, it's because – Xi Jinping is doing a lot right now, and we need him at the helm doing this, that, and third. So essentially, you need to show strength here. You need to flex. And Nancy Pelosi being a fly in the ointment is just not not what China wants at all. So she shows up, she does her thing, she glad hands, she leaves. That's it, right? That's all it was supposed to be, right? Especially from the U.S. perspective of, well, that's all she did. Why Why is this a problem? Like, she just said hi to some people in Taiwan. If a civilian citizen did it, why would that be such a blah, blah thing? But it's, it's the message. It's it's the stuff behind it. It's the real politic bullshit. And China knows they're not stupid. Once again, this is, this is game peeping game. And it's like, okay, well, then we have a response for you. Here we go. So essentially, and this is where more or less we're getting into the, what the article is covering is the aftermath. China moved out a military drill, which is something they've done before, but this is something they've, they've they upped it up. They took it to another level this week. And essentially they formed a whole blockade around Taiwan, like with ships and just everything is blocked off more or less. And then they also have fighter jets you know flying around, running drills, shooting missiles so off of you know the ships and stuff like that so it's just like it's just Taiwan is just more or less feeling besieged like not necessarily but they're showing that this could happen right now if we wanted to we could take you by force right now if we wanted to which once again goes back to that one China conversation now from the American front there's like history beyond like behind it like you know how we've kind of worked on the democracy between the two with Taiwan with China and how we kind of say we're okay with it but also say we're not okay with it so we can get business done yada 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 but essentially we have what is it is strategic ambiguity and that's more or less us just saying hey we are going to support Taiwan militarily question mark but like we're giving them a, a certain level of support and like on paper it's like we're giving them guns and stuff like that and i think training like little things but it's not necessarily us going in and doing anything but Biden has mentioned literally saying hey I, if it comes down to it we will militarily get involved and you know press to say it's like so you're we're going to send troops or whatever and he's like we're going to do it we're going to do what we need to do and then the administration's like he doesn't mean necessarily that like we're not going to actually send military but we are going to support taiwan so this whole situation is super eerie it's super awkward and you know taiwan of course did a little bit of a defense thing but they kind of just have been chilling um there's been no casualties there's been no incidents because that's a big issue too and a fear is what happens if a missile misfires when you you pull the trigger here and it actually hits taiwan or something like that what happens if, if something happens like obviously this this jams up you know import export stuff because you can't actually you know move through a blockade like this but or at least it dampens it it makes it harder so you know but what happens if just any kind of incident unfolds then we actually have that situation unfolding and it's like we get put to task on what exactly we will do to support Taiwan. But got to cover that, got into that. Now we're going to take it back to the states. Uh, sticking with CNN as well. A jury finds InfoWars conspiracy theorist Alex Jones should pay $45.2 million in punitive damage to the parents of a Sandy Hook shooting victim. So this is a big case that took place over the week. Now, granted, this has been unfolding over time. And more or less, we are just in the damages phase. And this is like damage-specific trial. And they are going through, you know, how much should be um, awarded to the um, Sandy Hook shooting uh, victim Jesse Lewis, and the plaintiffs, the plaintiffs of this lawsuit are, sorry, I'm kind of mumbling this out a little bit, uh, but the plaintiffs of this lawsuit are Neil Heslin and Scarlett Lewis, so, you know, the Sandy Hook thing is definitely something that took place, but, you know, before the podcast, uh, but it was, you know, a big shooting, and a lot of children died in this shooting, and when Alex, you know, Alex Jones gets involved in the picture, more or less, Alex Jones is a conspiracy theorist, now, if you go back to, like, some of his earlier work, actually interesting, he goes into, like, uh, what is the Bohemian Grove, and he tries to, like, get in, get in there, and, like, you know, see some real shit happening and unfolding, and he really doesn't find anything for real, for real, but he's asking some interesting questions, and, I mean, I don't know, it was coming off of the heels, not like not directly, but like if you were a fan of like Michael Moore stuff or whatever, if you were a fan of like any of these kind of like really looking at stuff and really peeling through the looking glass kind of thing, Alex Jones was very appealing, very interesting. And but over time, especially then, you know, with the InfoWars and all that kind of stuff, it's more or less just a brand. And what he does is he talks about blah, 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 blah. And it gets you really hyped up, really interested, really, oh, what's going on? What's he gonna tell me? What's the real truth? And the next thing you know, he tells you this big truth and then he follows it up with like, well, I have a thing that will help you. And then that thing that's gonna help you is something that costs money and you hopefully will buy. And that's the brand. And he sells that very well. And you know he's also used you know, a lot of his networking to level up in a lot of ways. He winds up next to people like Roger Stone, Donald Trump. Like, these are people who, you know, know him, talk about him. He can talk about them. Like, they have this, like, rapport, this discourse. That's crazy shit. That's really climbing up the ladder. That's really making some moves. It's slimy and it's gross, but you gotta give him credit for that kind of shit. Um, Also, I heard, too from you know little clips and stuff and i've heard from this trial he makes about eight hundred thousand dollars a day off of sales but in regards to Sandy hook the big shtick that he had was that it's fake that this was just some big old fucking hoax and they're using it to stop you from buying guns they want to they want to stop your they want to infringe on your right to bear arms and they're using crisis actors, and these kids aren't real, these parents are lying, all this is fake, and the, I don't know, the shit came home to roost, you know, the chickens came home to roost, that, the, I think mean, that's the phrase, right, and he's on the hook for a lot of money, the grand total of 49.3 million dollars, and then 45.2 million in punitive damage, but it may be reduced by the Texas statute, which I believe is, like, 750000 But he, along the way of this trial, like, it just adds up. Um, I believe, like, he's at least on the hook um, for, like, $1.5 million in punitive damage, even with the cap of $750,000 per plaintiff. And that's just for these parents. And I really do feel like he was uh, made an example of, but in my opinion, a good way, Uh, it, it, the, he definitely, uh, throughout this trial, he wanted to make this about freedom of speech, and he has said before, you know, when he was, you know, you know, found guilty of this shit, it's like, hey, look, I understand, um, you know, this isn't, this, this, these, these kids are real, like, this is, these parents are real, but what I'm doing it's an acting like they it's like it's like someone had to literally put a legal gun to his head to get him to say this and now he's more or less saying like yeah no that's what it is in court but then outside of court he's saying a bunch of crazy shit there is video of him on Infowars saying he wants to burn the judge but then asked in court by the lawyer uh Todd or Wesley Todd Ball he says um no no i didn't say that that's not what i said like i I didn't say anything bad about the judge and then he shows the clip and it's literally like i think it's like lady justice with her eyes closed and then like it's a picture of the judge and there's like fire (laughs) it's ridiculous as fuck and it's just it is a whole just comedy of errors from um alex jones and his team uh, let's see. I believe his lawyer, Indino Reynal. And this guy, this guy is a real all star. And we got to talk about him. He's going to get his own little part here. Essentially, this man fumbled the ball so hard. So hard. What happened was, and it's not just him, too, when you actually get into the details, I've learned a little bit um, just like poking around. But essentially, they had all of Alex Jones's text messages. From his cell phone, they had his cell phone, they had all his text message information, all this stuff, and they had it, I guess, all on a file, and this guy, this lawyer, Reynold, he's supposed to send it to another lawyer on the team, but he sends it to the opposing legal team. That's that's so wild, and that's that's the first that's the first part. That's what I heard initially, and I was like, "Damn, what an L. That's fucked." And then I actually heard clips of the trial, and you hear Ball he tees up Jones so hard. He and, and, and Jones calls it this is his Perry Mason moment or whatever. But essentially, he's asking Jones like, "Hey, I know you lied to me about this thing." And he's like, what? Like, you know, he's more or less saying, like, no, I don't. And he's like, and I'm telling you how I know this. I know because I have your text messages. And he's like, do you know how I have your text messages, Alex? <laughs> and he's explained. And then Alex, like, immediately, like, shifts the conversation to how he's just, like, he's not a tech guy. He doesn't really understand what happened. Sure, he gave him one of his phones, yada, yada, yada. But essentially, Ball goes on to explain one of your lawyers sent me all of your text messages that you've ever sent to these people to to Roger Stone all of this stuff that you're talking about whether you're telling the truth or you're not telling the truth it's all here in these text messages and I have them and not to mention there was at least there was days went by 12 days I believe went by and they could have made this privileged information at least fought for it and they didn't even bother so guess what I have this and I get to use it here and now legally on you. Like, it was so good. This man was having, like, just Sherlock homie moment. Like, just so good. Honestly, love that for him. And he had it uh, in a post, like, you know, talking. He's like, look, this is a big moment because us getting approved for this is going to open the floodgates. This is just one set of parents. You know, I believe... This is like potentially, I, I think twenty others or something like that. I'm, I'm I might be wrong on the number, but this is a floodgate opening. Um, there are quotes from Alex Jones saying like, "Look, like this is gonna bankrupt us." I think talking about two million, and you hear the the judge, and the judge is like literally the whole time like more or less running him through it like he's a little baby like look this is how the law works by the way because you don't understand like you keep trying to mention things that you can't mention like we're talking to you not things you heard not things you saw on the internet like no we're talking to you and it's your what you're saying what you have done or not done like keep it to that like stop but he's like this is gonna bankrupt us this is everything we have and she's like that's not what this is about it's about you paying the price that you're supposed to be paying and, like, that's that's that, brother, like, so, kudos to the Judge on this one, I, um, am happy to see it, oh, Judge Maya Guerrera Gamble, so, flowers to her, I feel like she did her job on this one, uh, I mean, I'm sure there might be an appeal, also, I mean, dude might get into some trouble, the, what is it, the Reynal guy, he might be in some, some hot water, um, But in some less glamorous stuff, I wanted to talk about a little bit of what's going on in Congress, a little bit of catch-up, a little bit of uh, new and a little leftovers. So I wanted to talk about the PACT Act first. And this is, let's see, we'll we'll get the article where it's from, where it's from. Uh, The Hill Implementing the PACT Act is Veterans Next Battle. So essentially, there was a bill that finally passed in the Senate after a little bit of bullshit from the republicans but essentially this bill this pact act is going to expand medical coverage for former service members with toxic exposures this also goes back to even uh, veterans from vietnam who like had to deal with agent orange and had symptoms from that but there's just a huge backlog and people haven't been able to be you know seen or have any of their needs met and luckily with a lot of pushing from you know a lot of people obviously in politics in congress and then also i saw was it um john stewart john stewart was a, a, apparently a big part of this um but this act is definitely going to be you know a good thing um but some of the hassle that i had kind of heard about was Ted Cruz and a couple other senators were just like, no, we're not going to support this. We don't like this bill. Even though along the way, because this has been years in the making, this bill, they it was fine. There was no problems. But the next thing you know, we're talking about, oh, this is going to be so much money. What do you mean? I don't think we should be able to do this. Oh, I haven't read all the provisions. Is this all okay? Yada, yada, yada. And they just really put on the brakes on this. And I think that's the sickest thing because you can always talk about politicizing things or not politicizing things. But from what I've heard, a lot of this is in regard to Joe Manchin kind of kind of flipping the script. And I haven't really covered this because I'm, I'm super gun shy about certain Congress shit because once I talk about it and think it's going to happen, it doesn't happen at all. And I think this is kind of one of those shaky things. But it's this bill called the IRA Bill or Act, Pact, whatever. I don't know what it is called exactly, but it essentially it is Inflation Reduction uh, Act. I think that's what it is. And essentially it is the chopped up, minced up version of more or less what we could get, I guess, out of the bill back better. And it's doing some things like some Medicare um, and... Not so much like climate change, like that kind of stuff has been like cut out, but essentially it's going to help ease some stuff. And the medical stuff that was added on was super good, but more or less his mansion just making a turnaround saying like, oh, okay, I I can get along with this and these and these things. And now I'm willing to say I did all the work and I'm doing all the right stuff and I'm on the Democrat side here. Um, and he's faced some flack from, you know, the the conservative media like Fox News and whatnot. But also in Congress, uh, it's alleged that they were kind of like, OK, no, we're going to actually fuck with this bill because this is a bipartisan thing. Both parties are supposed to be OK with it. And they kind of said, we're not OK with it anymore. Actually, fuck this. And they, they wanted to make it difficult. So you know they they all came up with the little reasons or whatever you can see uh ted cruz fist bumping another republican i wish i had his name but i just don't have it and they're like yeah we did it okay but then throughout some smoothing fixing trimming maybe i don't know this bill more or less got through and that's a good thing even though there were still some republicans that said oh i don't like this i believe like 11 that's still even to the end we're like i'm just not gonna actually support it sorry so that's kind of foul. That's kind of gross. But I am glad it happened and it got through. And then from closing, I wanted to talk about a bill that kind of affects uh, some Ohioans and stuff. It's some Ohio news, if you will. It at least trickles down to us. But the U.S. House passes Chipped Act, Chips Act that would fund Ohio Intel plant and sends it to Biden's desk. This is from Cleveland.com. But long short here. This is another bill that got passed, I believe, a week or two ago, but, um, it's going to potentially get us a super, what is it, it's like semiconductor, but essentially, like, these are the, the semiconductor, okay, so it's a semiconductor plant, but it's gonna allow us to make chips, and those chips are gonna be used in cars, chips gonna be used in, um, Computers in this specific situation with the Intel plant that's going to be like built in Ohio, but what is it? A 280 billion dollar package that would provide more than 52 billion dollars in grants and other incentives for the semiconductor industry, as well as a 25 percent tax credit for those companies that invest in chip plants in the U.S. Uh, it also calls for increased spending in other research programs that would total about two hundred billion dollars over ten years, according to the Congressional Budget Office. So, big news. Uh, Tim Ryan, apparently, which is like one of our Ohio senators, really like you know lobbied and fought for it. Um, he's currently going up against what is it? Uh, JD Vance. Which I will say, from an on the ground perspective, just looking at like the media. Uh, I haven't seen J.D. Vance anywhere. Like, there's no ads, no nothing. It's almost like just a script got flipped. Actually, and I'm glad I got to this point because it's something I forgot to mention. It's crazy how campaign strategies work. Um, I want to say these days, but this has been an ongoing thing since, you know, at least from what I remember, what, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. The strategy of, and I'm not necessarily saying in the Ohio situation, but... There are situations where the Democratic Party will literally financially back or in other ways ways back a crazy like right wing, like hyper right wing candidate in the hopes of in the primary election or whatever happens that they get the win because they're more moderate in general. They're just a Democrat, period. And they're giving you that milk toast government you like and you like this yes okay you'll vote for me and not the crazy person right and literally that's just that's the the play uh i believe there was a situation in michigan where a republican who was moderate a guy who had literally after who had seen after the um january 6th thing he's like this isn't cool this isn't okay Uh, you know I'm I'm not okay with Donald Trump as my president at this point. Like I see a problem. They literally, the Democratic Um, you know, committee backed a more alt-right guy. Well, not alt-right, I guess I feel like it's alt-right, but he's was more conservative, wanted Trump to win, wanted um uh, believes in the um the fake election or the you know the fraud election and yada yada yada. And and they're risking it, they're rolling the dice. So that way, in the primary, the Democratic um, you know, nominee or the person fighting for their seat or whatever will have a chance to win. So it's crazy that that's just the, the, the Kamehameha wave of the Democratic Party is this. And it's very risky because it doesn't always work, as we've seen by Donald Trump, and it's also in the state-local level. And I mean, it also has worked, but it doesn't mean that it's going to keep working and that this is the only way you'd rather see something more straight up. And I, I hate that this is, this is the Democrats fighting dirty, quote unquote. Like one, I don't think it's good enough. And two, I, I don't think it's, it's the right play. I don't think it's a winning move. So, you know, for me in my liberal perspective, I definitely don't like that. But yeah, that's kind of a tangent. Also something I know a little bit uh, jarring, but something I kind of missed in the China thing. They also cut ties to and they said uh i don't you know we don't want to work with you guys on climate and stuff like that and i was like okay sure who's really actually doing anything as a superpower right now especially with the whole you know ukraine russia stuff and just the sanctions and then the counter sanctions like it it seems like a lot of empty stuff it seemed like once again with that they just wanted to use the taiwan pelosi thing to just like just focus on them a little bit you know a little bit of the, them time but um sorry we're getting back to this this article right here sorry about that guys but um chips is gonna be an interesting thing because it'll hopefully bring more jobs to the Ohio area and hopefully that'll be a good thing though it has had some even detractors on the Democratic side uh, Bernie Sanders apparently was not a fan of it as well um he said it's kind of like a corporate welfare. And um it's a shame that that's the only welfare that is supported by our government. Oh, this bank doesn't work out, oh this uh company, these uh, you know whatevers, these big wigs, these tech whatever's like they get to get by. They get to get help. But, you know, the average Joe Schmo, or whatever, is gonna pay all their taxes and uh if they don't make it, they don't make it. Sorry. Uh, hopefully you get that government cheese or whatever, like, it's, I don't know, you a little bit of a tangent, again, I'm sorry, it's a little bit of a long and loose episode, but I thank you for sticking around, I really feel like that more or less wraps it up, we're gonna, you know, put a little bow on it, though, um, I do have a Patreon, if you'd like to help and support, it is patreon.com, slash Isaiah News, also, I have a Gmail, Isaiah news one at gmail.com, if you have any just free feedback you'd like to do, or whatever, but with the Patreon, every dollar helps. Every $5, though, will get you Discord access, and then also get you a shout-out on the pod. Shout-out to Stephanie Renee, you're the best, you're the queen of the pod. Thank you for supporting me, thank you for being the best newsie, the alpha newsie, the one you know you're like the prey predator beast you're the predator of that one you're the alpha you're the, like the, i don't know i have actually need to watch that but i'm, I'm i might be too scared I'm, i always try to like push myself but everyone keeps saying that that's a good movie like it's solid and it delivers maybe maybe i, I might watch it but no promises okay guys don't 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 believe me into the into this or maybe i don't know maybe i need this but um I will see you later. I hope you guys have a great week. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.